God's holy word. His word will be found in Numbers chapter 11, verses 1 through 15. When you have it, please say amen. And it reads as such. Now when the people complain, <clears throat> it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it, and his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them, and consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. So he called the name of the place Taborah, because the fire of the Lord had burned among them. Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. Now the manna was like coriander seed, and its color like the color of Bellium. The people went about and gathered it, ground it on millstones or beat it on the mortar, cooked it in pans and made cakes of it. And its taste was like the taste of pastry prepared with oil. And when the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on it. Then Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, everyone at the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. Moses also was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, why have you afflicted your servant? And why have you and why have I not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I beget them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a guardian carries a nursing child to the land which you swore to their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give to all these people? For they weep all over me saying, Give us meat, that we may eat. I am not able to bear all these people alone, because the burden is too heavy for me. If you treat me like this, please kill me here and now. If I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my wretchedness. May God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. Amen. Let's remain standing and let's pray. God of heaven, we do bless you this morning. We thank you for your incredible grace. And Lord, we open our hearts, we open our minds that we might receive of what the Spirit is saying and doing amongst us today. Uh, Lord, will you please help us as we talk about the downfall of complaining. God, I pray that you would give us revelation, give us insight. And God, give us wisdom going forward in how to process our lives and deal with the various challenges that we face as Christians. And I'm always, Lord, humbled by the fact that you use this vessel for your glory. And Lord, I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would give me a fresh anointing, fresh baptism that those who are hearing this morning will see your glory, will hear your word, and it will bring forth fruit unto eternal life. And we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. Amen. For those of you who are keeping notes, the title of our sermon this morning is The Downfall of Complaining. 
the downfall of complaining. As many of you know, I, I have a full-time job as a law enforcement officer on a police department in Northern Virginia. Been there for 22 plus years. The job that I have now involves, uh, I work on a fugitive squad on a task force. And part of that responsibility is to go around the country and to uh, pick up uh, prisoners, track down uh, those that violated the law within the jurisdiction that I police. Uh, so the other day, I had to fly out to San Antonio. I go to the airport. I had an 821 scheduled flight. Um, so I typically get to the airport somewhere around 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, actually, I get to the airport probably closer to 6.30, you know, because I want to get it, make sure everything is right. We have all this paperwork stuff we have to do. So I'm there, and, and everything seems to be going great. Uh, then it's time to board the plane, and so we board the plane. And the plane, the flight is a full flight. We're going to San Antonio. So we get all of we get situated on the plane, and me and my partner, who was uh, traveling with me, who was my, my assigned guard, uh, we were just praising the Lord because there was a gap, because he's a big guy and I'm a big guy. You know about flying, you know how you, know, you get all tight. And so, so we're actually, so I'm, I'm at the window, and his seat was scheduled right beside me, but thanks be on the God, there was a gap. So we was like all happy and rejoiced, and all of a sudden, uh, the, the captain, or actually was a mechanic, he just comes on out of nowhere. He said, I don't know what they told you, but this plane has a problem. There's a mechanical problem on this plane, and you're not going to be going anywhere, and the part has to be flown from another place. So, of course, everybody instantly started looking around, and you know, but everybody began to make their way off of the plane. So we get off the plane, and uh, <clears throat> so we are sitting there, and they give us an update. They said, well, the part has to come from Chicago. So they're going to fly the part from Chicago uh, to Dallas. That'll probably be within two hours. By that time, we should be able to give you another update on where we're going to be at that point. So I'm sitting there, and, and amazingly, you know, you would have thought the people would have just went off the charts, you know, and, and for the most part, that, you know, people were concerned, and people said, oh, you know, but hey, yeah, everything's good. So, you know, an hour passed, second hour passed, and um, third hour passed, they ended up giving us an update the second hour. They said, well, here's a problem. United just had a problem with all their computers worldwide. Uh, there was a problem, so the guy or the pilot that was flying the part from Chicago had to flip the plane back around and go back and land. So now we're, we're in the 12.30 range. I've been sitting here at the airport. How many of you have ever experienced? You know what I'm talking about. So I'm sitting there, and uh, all of a sudden this one guy. Now you always know there's a guy, right, or a woman that, that really has a problem. And she... Uh, uh, this guy, he comes up and he walks up there, and I see him walk up, he asks a couple questions, and you can tell he's really concerned, then he goes back. Five minutes later, he gets back up. He asks another question, and he goes back. Third time, he comes up again. This is all within the span of like maybe 20, 30 minutes, he keeps coming up. And I can see him kind of badgering, you know, the, the gate agents, because the gate agents, they, they, you know, they, they're poor people. They can't, they can't help us. You know what I'm saying? They really can't. They can probably get you another flight, but they, they told us that there were no other flights available that was going from Dallas to San Antonio. We were done. So this guy gets upset, and he quickly begins to, uh, 
he, he turned to everybody. It was probably, I don't know, this fight was probably about maybe 100 people. He said, wouldn't everybody like to know uh, what is going on here? If you all agree that, that, that these angels should go get the people off the plane and have one of them to come and explain to us, because they're not doing a very good job. And so my partner who was with me, and I'm just sitting there, I'm sitting on the front row, I'm just, I, I haven't said a word, I'm just sitting there, and, and my partner says, uh, sir, why, why don't you sit down and stop trying to incite the people? You know, you're just going to get the people all upset, and uh, you don't speak for everybody. And I'm just sitting there, right? And uh, then there was a voice behind me says, uh, he's speaking for me. And then there was another voice saying, he's speaking for me, and before I knew it, Everybody start this huge complaining to the point that I'm looking at these games. I mean, and now they're coming out of the woodwork. They're coming from every. Why don't we got we got planes out there sitting? Won't we get a pilot and put a pilot? Why can't we fly that plane? What? And I'm just sitting there, and, I, and, and now, now mind you, I was just sitting there thinking about my sermon for Sunday, and I said, "Gosh, you just gave me an illustration. God did all this just for me." And so. But, you know, and, and I, I say this honestly, and, and, and you got to believe me. I am, I have learned, I have learned, I have learned to be patient. Amen. I've sitting here the whole time, and, and mind you, now part of me was like, yeah, I really like to go to that river walk, and, you know, part of me, because my daughter, you know, I want to I get there because she, you know, if she go to Air Force, she'll be going to San Antonio, so I wanted to see that base, and so I had all these, but I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking to myself, well, Lord, I, I, I just, I just thank you that, uh, you know, the, you know that uh, the pilot um, saw fit to say we got, we're going to ground this plane and not fly the plane that could potentially crash, right? Because the same folk that were complaining, if you listen, if we were on that plane, there's a problem with that plane. There'd be the same folk that said, "I'm going to see him. You should have never put us on that plane in the first place." I sit there with a heart of gratitude, and I looked, and I said, look at all these people, and they were in an uproar. And it was complaints coming all over the place. And then I found out that the problem was, in the, in, in, in the, in the uh, airline attendant, the, the flight attendant, she showed me, she said, the problem was with the panel, the little thing that tells you about that they measured the altitude of the plane, it was broke. You might think you want that fixed before you get on the plane. But it goes to show how that a complaining spirit will change the dynamic of everything. And, and, I, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself as, as a godly man because it's easy for us as Christians, because you work in environments, right? If you don't want to say it here, it's the truth, where people complain all the time. They complain about everything. You have an opportunity to join in and say, yeah, that's right. And could you imagine I thought for a moment, I said to myself, what if I would have got in the flesh like everybody else did? And somebody come along, you know, Sister Yolanda, hey, Pastor Barry. Hey, Sister so-and-so to go to church every Sunday. How you doing? You, you imagine what kind of testimony would that have been? God absolutely unequivocally, and I'll show you from the scripture today, you will know it like you know your name. He hates complaining. God absolutely hates complaining. 
training with a passion. Because it flies in the face of everything that he's doing in our lives. You see, whenever we complain, we are complaining against God and his sovereignty. No, you don't really think you're complaining against God. But in essence, you really are. Because if we believe that God is in control of our lives, how many of you believe that he is? You will say, God is God is sovereign. How many you believe God can do anything? How many believe God holds all power? He God can move mountains. How many of you believe that? Then when you start complaining, who are you really complaining to? If you're saying to God, God, I don't like this. This is terrible. And God, if we just show disrespect, irregard, and forget. It's amazing how when things don't go our way, we like forget everything that God ever did. You ever notice that? The minute things don't go your way, we automatically default to our flesh, which is we forgot about what happened. We like, no, that is just this is today. And all of that stuff, I mean, God has brought you through some stuff. All of us, I heard your testimonies. God has brought all of us through some stuff. And we all got things to be grateful for. But you know, Christians should lead the way as it relates to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, we should be the ones out front promoting. Y'all are never being thankful what it is. Let me show you. In good times and in bad times. When it's going your way and when it's not going your way. Because all of these things are going to happen. You know you're going to have things in life that are going to go your way. The question is how are you going to respond when they don't go your way? And you've got to remember that folk are watching you. You know they're watching you, don't you? Especially you talk about you're a Christian. And people who ain't even saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, they become biblical scholars when you violate the word. You, you Christian, you doing that? And you look at them like, man, what church you go to? I thought you didn't go to church. But then they can call you out because they know that that's unbecoming of somebody who say they love God. All right, so let's go to Numbers. We're in Numbers chapter 11. Brother Stephen Jacobs just reminded us of this, just read this passage for us. So the people of God had gone through all of this stuff, I mean, God delivered them, and God blessed them, and he's taken them to their land of promise, the promised land. How do you know God is taking you someplace? Amen. You better believe that. Your life is not automatic pilot. Your life is not just going on auto. God is in, God is, if you let him, uh, he has the steering wheel of your life. He has a plan for you. God is, God is taking them someplace. Just like he's taking you someplace. He's taking all of us someplace. And so we want to extrapolate some things that we can learn. I mean, we can learn from this story here this morning. I mean, I tell you what, it was, God, it was an eye-opener to me, some things that I saw. But the first thing is that, you know, tell, let's look at verse number one. Now, when the people complained, it displeased the who? For the Lord, what? You hear that? Now, now watch this. They weren't talking to God. So they thought. You know, when you complain, you think, I ain't talking to God. You know, some of us, we, we, you know, some of us, we play these little games. We say things about our situation. We complain. 
as if God is not in the room. <laughs> as if God has somehow, some way, God ain't listening to what we say. We try to act as if God is, God is not there and, and, and we complain. And, and, and the Bible says God heard it. Every time you complain, God, what's that I hear? He heard it and the Bible says that it displeased the Lord. How many of you want to please God? The Bible says they weren't talking to God. They were just talk, they're probably talking amongst themselves. I'm sick and tired of this. I'm sick, it's hot. I mean, I got bugs, I mean, like bugs. Right? I got bugs in here. We don't have food we want. These babies are crying in my ear. My life is terrible. I don't like this. And then we're just talking. And you know, when we really do that, we're really sending up some little signals to God. Because we said a moment ago, He could change it. And you said that because I'm a witness. Lord, they said it. I heard them say, God is sovereign, He could change it. So watch. So the people, God heard it, and his anger was aroused. Uh oh. How I many you didn't think God got angry? Yeah, it's, all, it's okay to be angry. God got angry. And so the, and then look, let me show you something. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. Now, okay. Does anybody need further interpretation of what happened there? So folks got burned up. I thought that really, I'm like, no, that's, you know, God, they're just complaining. God got so upset that a fire went from among them and burned them up. That ought to tell us a little bit about the insight so give us some insight on who God is. God moved mightily and got angry just because the people, it's like God was saying, after all I've done for you, my sovereign plan, how I'm working in your life, this is how you reward me by complaining. Some of us will say, well, that's a little bit too strong, God, for you to be acting that way or somebody, uh, you know. As I always say, when you want to create your own heaven and earth and, and have your own rules, then you can do it the way you want to do it. But he's God, and he sets the tone, and he likes what he likes, and he don't like what he likes. And, and he can decide when he gets ready to, to deal with us in, in whatever way he chooses, because he's who? God. God got upset. Got mad. Well, let's keep going. This thing, it just works. Watch. So... God hear they're complaining. They were God were displeased with them. But then look at verse number look at verse number four. Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense cravings. <laughs> so that so the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? <laughs> now, how do you know when he talks about intense craving, that's your flesh. How do you know that your flesh is always tempted to complain against God? Amen. You know, the minute something goes away, your flesh wants to get crazy. And they just got to a point, they just let it go. They just say, it's almost as if they knew they weren't supposed to do it. But then, but then they just, they thought about this thing and they said, they, they, the Bible said it was intense craving. I mean, they were, they were ready. And they just demanded, who's going to feed? Give us something to eat. Now they were eating. 
if they weren't eating what they want. Ah. God is providing for you, amen? amen? It may not be what you want, but is he not providing for you? Is he not making a way for you? How many slept outdoors last night? How many of you slept in a ditch last night? How many of you ever ate for a week or two? I wish somebody would say something because I'm looking at y'all like I know where you I'm looking at you are doing good. God is blessing you, amen? amen? And that flesh just got upset and they just lost it because they were complaining all along the way. And you know when you're not grateful, you're not thankful, after a while it's a, it's a build up, you know what I'm saying? You know, you keep complaining, uh, before long, you're going to blow the top. But if you're constantly being grateful along the way, even though what you're going through and you don't like the situation, you know, it, it kind of keeps you even keel. You know, what you know what I mean? Because as you're going through life, you're giving God the praise. You're saying, God, I thank you. God, I thank It's not what I want, but God, I, I, I thank you, Lord, for the manna. Let me talk about the manna here in a second. So watch. Um... So they yield to the flesh. And then it gets, look at verse number five. We remember, now, now, now I want you to hear this, because this is, this is us. I know you're saying, Pastor, this is, you, you know, sometimes here's a mistake that we make. We read this book, and you know how we say sometimes? See, if, if, if I was back there, back then, I wouldn't be like them. If I saw that Red Sea part like that, ah, ah, that wouldn't be, you know, you would have been just like them worse. Probably. That's why God made you for this time. <laughs> God knows in his sovereignty. But look, 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 look. So what? They said now, verse 5. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. But now they, now they look what they're talking about. We remember the fish. And what is it? The cucumbers, the melons, and the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. Boy, we, we remember all of that. But, but you can look at Exodus. Go back to Exodus. I want to show you something. Look at Exodus uh, 2. Just one book back. Look at Exodus 2, verses 23 to 24. Verses uh, 23 to 24. Exodus 2, 23 and 24. Now, you remember what they just said a second ago? They just said, now, we remember the meats, the cucumbers, the onions. Let's make it modern. We remember the sweet potato pie. The prime rib, fried chicken, Popeyes, Kentucky fried chicken. We remember all of that. All right, now look here. Here we go. Verse twenty-three. Now, watch this. Now it happened. And this was when they were being oppressed. It's amazing. I want to show you how we forget. Yes. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. The children of Israel groaned. Everybody say groaned. Brother, that means they were in some pain. They were hurting physically and emotionally. Because of the bondage. Everybody say bondage. And they cried out. And their cry came up to him. Because of their bondage. Now, they say, now they're enslaved, they're being oppressed, they're in bondage, and they're begging God, God, please get me out of this. How many of you ever prayed that to God? <laughs> so God heard. Aren't you glad you're here? 
at your cloudy ears. So God heard their groanings and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. In other words, God came to the rescue and he brought them out. But what's happening? Because before, before they were, God help me. And God begins the process of shifting them. And while they're getting shifted, they run into a couple of problems. All of a sudden, we want to go back. Forget about all that. God, God this, this is too hard, God. I, I want to go back. But you don't remember them leeks and them onions when they had their whip up on your back. <laughs> and they were making you build all that brick and that mortar. And they were enslaving you and treating you like animals. Oh, you were crying out to God. But now all of a sudden you want to go back. You see how an ungrateful spirit will cause you not to think straight. Amen. An ungrateful spirit will make you crazy. You don't even think to come. You know, it's like, and how many real forgetful people? You said, Pastor, I forget. Yes, you need to be all forget. And you know, one thing, whenever you start to complain, whenever you sense a complaint, you need to stop and say, okay, wait a minute. Let me, let me think about this for a moment before I go off. It's amazing when you start thinking about what God did. But it changes your whole dynamic. Because it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I thank you. God, God, I thank you. And, and you won't be begging to go back to bondage. I mean, no, we're looking at this, you're reading it, y'all looking at this like this is, what's wrong with them? Do they realize what they're saying? They're just consumed with complaint. They're consumed with it. Now watch. Now, it gets worse. Can you believe it gets worse? to bondage. Then they, they complain only about the manna. Look at verse number 6. They complain about the manna. Look at verse 6. <laughs> but now, I want you to I'm going to do, do a little bit of acting for you. Is that okay? But now a whole thing is dried up. <laughs> there was nothing at all except this manna before us. That's it. That's all we got. See, your manna represents God's provision to get you through your difficult time. Amen? Amen? It's not the main thing, but it is what God is giving you for now. Everybody say now. now. All right? It's God's sign that he is with you, right? Because he said, here's his promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And we want that more than anything else. I can do it. You know, I don't want to do anything without his presence and hand on my life. His hand, if his hand is on my life, I'm good. I can make it. Look at the name. So you can make it as long as you know God is with you. You can make it. Now watch this. Wait. And so the manna represents, watch this, is God's boot camp to train you to know who is your source. The boot camp of God. So what he does, he gives you manna. He could give you Popeyes. He could give you Ruby Tuesdays. He, he, he could give you Ruth Crisp. But he, he decided not to do that. Not yet. It's coming, but not yet. See, what God had for them, it was coming, but it wasn't yet. Because God is working some things in them. You see, now, now watch. So they're complaining about this manna. Why are they complaining about the manna? Because it's been... I don't know, three, four days. Damn, you're just tired. Tired, God, I'm tired. 
tired of going through, tired of it. Lord, I'm just tired. Every time I turn, that's all I got. Is this stupid manner? God, I'm sick of it. How many of you, how many of you would, could just eat bread and water for a certain period of time and still give God thanks? You say amen because you had to do it. <laughs> but if you had to eat water, look, see, when we have a fast, usually we survive the fast because we know we're coming up out of it. We're going to fast for a week. Look at that Friday, baby. Friday, come on. Yeah. Beat that watch. Come on, time. But if God called a fast, he don't even tell you when you're going to come up off that fast. That might change your tune just a little bit. You might get crazy. That's what they did. I mean, because they didn't know. Moses went to Moses and said, look, guys, Moses just said we're going to land a park. That's all Moses said. And, and, and Moses didn't tell them none about all the other stuff. So they don't have a clue. And now they are upset, mad, angry. And now that what, what God is giving them, they are lashing out at it. You see, that's what got God upset. God was saying, I'm giving you this, and you're saying, you're snuffing at it. You're like, I don't want it. I don't care about that. Give me what I want. I don't care about it, God. Every time we complain to God, it's because He's sovereign. We're saying, God, I don't care about that. I just want what I want. My mom got this saying. She says it all the time. Me and my brother, we joke about it. My mom say, if you're fussed at a mom, you ain't supposed to be eating all that salt because you're a diabetic. I want what I want. I can't even fight with my mom no more. I just have to pray for her. Every time she said that, the first people I think about, those people right there, I want what I want, and I don't care. Give me more than money. All I got is money. We want some wheat. God, I don't like this job. Give me a job where I'm making more money. I don't like this. God, I don't like this raggedy car. It breaks down to me. Give me some God. Give me something else. I'm, 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 I'm really getting there now. I'm trying to bring it home to where you're at. Because that's what we do. God, I don't like this. I don't like this person. Give me somebody else. I don't like my boss. Can't stand him. Get me somebody else. And God is sitting there the whole time. That's the way you're going to act. I gave you that job, and you're going to talk about Now, not too long ago, you were begging for a job. Now, you don't even like it no more. But we, it's amazing how we switch. People will switch. Switch. Not too long ago, God, now I need a job. God, please, please, please. God, give me a job. Now, after a while, we just get, like, we forget. I see the look on your face. Some of you, you know, you've been just stepped all right up in it. That's okay. God redemption for you. You better be thankful for what you got. Amen. Be thankful every bit. And don't listen, if it ain't what you want, then just shut your mouth. And that's God to change your heart to make you so you can at least have the right attitude. God, God's gonna hold your attitude accountable Amen. while you're going through. Amen. Amen. So watch. Now watch this. They're complaining. <laughs> Got contagious. 
You ever noticed that when people complain, like, like the analogy I gave you, it's amazing how this, this one guy complained and then everybody just, it's like a fish. It's like, it's like you know, you, I'm not a fisherman, but it's like you put the bait in the water and everybody get, get worried that some, you ever seen the fish come just running? You know, I'll, I'll give you an example. I was in, in San Antonio and we got there like late. I mean, it was like an eight and a half day, by the way. I was waiting in the airport before I took off. And we got there, we got to, we went and ate at the restaurant and, you know, and it's like we just kind of threw the bread in the water with the ducks and all you can see all them ducks just come flying out of everywhere, just trying to attack you. That's how, that's how the spirit of complaint is. Once you throw that bait out there complaint, it's like piranhas. Everybody come. Let me get on there. Let me get in on some of that. It's, complaining is contagious. Look at, look at verse number look at verse number 10. Then Moses heard the people weeping. Now what are they crying for? Ain't nobody beat them. <laughs> Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families. Everyone at the door of this tent. And, and guess what happened? And the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. Now, 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 wait a minute. If you go back to that top verse, it says, it says that his anger was aroused. But here it says his anger was greatly aroused. In modern day terms, God was ticked off. Here they are, see the picture. They're standing at the gate. And they're all crying. Because <laughs> a few people start complaining. Passes on. Now all the families, everybody's going off. And God just looked at and said, wait a minute. This is it. He was upset. Isn't it amazing? You ever think about this, that people can be doing well. It could be a church. It could be a job. It could be in your family. You know, that things will be going well, life is good, relationships are good, things are flowing, and then you get one person that comes in and drop a bad seed, start complaining about something. Now, all of a sudden, you don't have a problem, but now you got a problem. Well, you know, why, why Pastor Ben get it? Why do they have him bring a great looking rug in here? Why didn't he get something else? And now, you were fine, you never complain about the rug. But all of a sudden, because somebody said something about the rug, now you got a problem. Yeah! You got a problem with the world now. Because somebody else said it and brought it to it. Now you got a problem. But you didn't have a problem with it. You were up here. Praise God. Now all of a sudden, somebody says, now you just, you're all over it. Because the spirit of complaining is contagious. You get, I mean, people, I've seen people doing good. They're, they're doing great for God. And somebody come in there and say something crazy. And before you know it, man, they're just all off kilter. Now they start complaining. Yeah, I never saw it like that. You're right. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's crazy, ain't it? That don't make no sense. You know, so did you, did you hear that? Did you, did you notice that too? Yeah, that's crazy, ain't it? I ain't a pastor wants somebody to come to church nine for the father pray. That's nuts. Who do you need to pray for? I can pray at home. Yeah, that's right. I can pray at home. Yeah, I can pray at home. You see what they did? And, and everybody got infected. It's like a virus. You start that virus, and it'll start spreading. So do yourself a favor. If you got a complaining spirit, you know, like they say, like they teach my kids in school, when you got a cough, they say, put your arm up, cover yourself. Don't, don't, don't spread it. 
because it's bad enough that you're in the complaining mode, but it's worse if you go and you invite other people to come to the party. That's what happened here, right? Other people came to the party, and this thing got bad. Now watch. Now, how do you know that complaining, here's another dimension of this, complaining, an attitude can affect the destiny of other people. A complaining attitude can affect the destiny of other people. Now, how do you believe that Moses was a mighty man of God? Amen. I mean, Moses was strong, right? Moses saw the face of God. Moses did miracles, man, that was awesome. I mean, Moses is strong. But you know that that spirit of complaint even got Moses all crazy. Look what it says in verse 11. Look at the in verse 11. Now listen. Now, before I, before I read this, here's what I want you to remember. This is the same Moses that God had called out of a burning bush and gave him a destiny and purpose. Say, Moses, I heard my people been crying out to me, and I'm calling you. Moses, you got a first class, first class seat. Moses, you're going to go and deliver my people. I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You're going to be the leader, Moses. You're going to be the man. I know some years ago, Moses, you acted out of the flesh and you killed somebody that you weren't supposed to. And you end up running as a fugitive because you had a passion for your people. And I'd open your eyes, but it was too soon. But now, Moses, I'm coming to give you another chance. Get up, Moses. I want you to go. And Moses went to Pharaoh. Notice him out, but he went. And God used that brother mightily. So you think Moses, man, this, this guy, the keeper of the law. I mean, the law came. Moses is anointed. So what, 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 what happens to brother Moses? So Moses said to me, and I might want to have a conversation. Like, Moses, what happened here? And I get to heaven and talk to him. Moses, what happened? So Moses said to the Lord, why have you afflicted your servant? Now look at Moses. Now how do you know? Moses is starting to enter into that complaining spirit. And why have I not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of all these people on me? Now Moses was okay at first. Well, Moses, no, 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 this is too much, God. I, I, I don't want this. He says, did I conceive all these people? Now, really he's talking to God, by the way. I'm going to do He's asking, God, God, did I conceive them? Did I beget them? Oh, well, I, I didn't birth them. That you should say to me, carry them in your bosom, as a guardian carries a nursing child to the land which you swore to their fathers? Where am, where am I to get meat to give all these people? For they weep all over me. <laughs> Moses said, man, every time I tell they're all over me. I mean, I, I gather Moses was trying to, Moses couldn't get away from it. They were all hanging up on me. Ah, Moses. Moses, this is terrible. God, keep that. But, but look, look, look what Moses says. He says, verse 14, I am not able to bear all these people alone because the burden is too heavy. These people are crazy. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I mean, God's people have trips sometimes. I mean, you know, we can be honest. We are a trip. We are. And a vacation, too. We're everything. Moses said in verse 15, if you treat me like this, this is Moses, the man who had a call from God. The man who was called of God. He had a purpose. He says, if you treat me like this, in other words, you're going to leave me to do this, kill me. Here. And now. <laughs> If I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my wretchedness, my wretchedness. Moses was asking God to kill him. He said, do me a favor, kill me. <laughs> he said, wipe me out. I don't want to deal with this. Now, 
But see, the thing about complaining is this can, Moses had a call on his life, just like you got a call on your life. There's an assignment that God has for you. And the spirit of complaining can dismount you from your destiny. You can be on a road to where God wants you to be, and somebody come with a complaining spirit, and it will cause a person to veer off from where they're supposed to be, and people get displaced. You know what I'm saying? Moses was about as strong as he could be. Mighty man of God, but all of a sudden, Moses, now he's ready to forfeit his whole destiny, give it all up. Boy, I know I'm going to leave people, but I'm giving up on this. All because of what? Complaining. And Moses, who knew better, started complaining. And by the way, Moses wasn't even able to get all the way to the land of the promise. God let him see it. Because Moses, at that love time, Moses acted up. Moses just got me and just lost it. And, and, and I said, God, I'm going to read that. And I said, God, but at least you can let the brother, I mean, after he dealt with all that, God, please let the brother just put this one foot on the promised land. God's not going to let you look at it, but you ain't going in. But God, God has a requirement for his people, amen? The standard to serve God is high. And God don't want his people walking around acting like they don't know better. No. We're going to get ready to shut this thing down. So, look at Philippians chapter 2. Real quick. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Y'all look like, is everybody okay? Are y'all too warm in here? Y'all too warm? Yeah. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 15. Look at this. It says, do all things without complaining and disputing. Did y'all read that? To do all things without complaining or disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Apostle Paul is telling me they're telling me Philippian people, the Philippian church to do everything without complaining or disputing. Don't be looking to start trouble. Amen? How do you know you have to hold your tongue? He said, don't complain. He said, do everything. So whatever you're doing, how many know that God don't want you complaining because the Bible just said, don't do that. And we all attempted to do it, but God says, don't do it. And it's interesting that he says that you may become blameless and harmless children of God. Without, without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation as whom, watch this, you shine as lights in the world. So what he's saying there is, simply put, that you're supposed to be a light. And I don't care how bad, you know the worst thing you can do as a Christian, as an unbeliever, is to go, listen to me, is to go before somebody who don't know God and complain about your situation. That is the worst witness that you can be to somebody that you're trying to win to Christ. You walk up to them and you just start complaining about, listen to me, you, we, all, we, all, we are always optimistic that God is going to move. You got to be that way. Because you are the light of the world. And what he's saying there is when we complain, that light gets really dark. So he's saying, don't do it. Write this verse down, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. In everything, everybody say everything. Everything. Give thanks. Give thanks. You see, now, let me ask you a question. What does everything mean? He said, in everything, give thanks. I was, 
it's amazing. I was laughing, but, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm blessed on my job. I mean, they give me, they give me a car so I don't have to pay no money for gas. I mean, their gas, gas prices are crazy. Um, they give me a truck to drive back and forth. They give me a clothing allowance and a cleaning allowance. And I was listening to some of these detectives the other day complaining. Why? Because they wanted a new car. And they were upset. Man, you know, and they're complaining about the car. Now, the car is running perfectly fine. If the car got a problem, sister Lord, you know what I'm talking about, you just drive it to the garage and they'll fix it. No car, no charge of you. And they're sitting there, and now I'm sitting there thinking like, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, you want a grateful thing. I said, you ought to be thankful that you got a car. I mean, we're blessed. I mean, I can ride in the HOV by myself. I know some of you jealous. Don't get jealous. <laughs> Just deal with it. Amen. I can ride, and I'm, and I'm, I'm ride in that HOV with a big old joker smile on my face. <laughs> I do. I, I mean, you know, and I'm sitting there, they're sitting there complaining about it. I mean, come on. Well, and, and, they, and I know they, they, they're like, uh, they decided they want to tax our, our whatever, the, you know, the clothing allowance and all that stuff. And, and that clothing allowance, they were going to tax it. And, all, and people got upset. I'm like, well, it ain't, first of all, it ain't your money anyway. What you upset? I'm like, be thankful. And I'm like, God, I'm thankful that I got a car. I mean, because there are a lot of people that can't get to work. They got to ride the bus. Some got to walk. Some got to ride the bike, the moped. But God, you've given me an explorer. And I'm sitting there looking at these people just on good. So as a Christian, your attitude must be, and this is our time to step up. When you see people complain like that, well, you know, you ought to be thankful you got a car. Because you was crying about that car before. You were begging. You want to be a detective. You prayed to God. God, make me this. Make me that. God, give me this. Give me that. And yeah, and God did it. And now we're complaining because we want more. You see how quickly that can change? Every one of us have to battle with that. So here's, here's, here's our remedy. The reason why we give things primarily is because it's our information, not only to ourselves, but to the world, that God is in control. You see what I'm saying? That's why you give thanks. Because God is in control. So the minute you feel like you're tempted, you want to complain, just say, you know what? Start thinking about what God has done and just start saying, Lord, let me thank you for this. God, God let me thank you. Lord, Lord yeah, I, I wanted that nice car. And, and, and I did it. I, I got a confession. I did it. I went. And, and, a, and a heathen had to correct me. A heathen. You don't know God. I, I rent national. That's where I rent, and I rent a rental car. So I drive up, and I fly up, and I fly and get out and get my car. And it, it won't, I like the SUV from a big guy. And, and I was like, man, man, I'm complaining. Like, what's well, an SUV? You know, and I'm sitting there, and then guy said, man, well, man, just get a car and be grateful. And I, <laughs> he don't even know God. I'm convicted. Like, yeah, God, that's really embarrassing. And that hurt my witness for about a good month. I couldn't say anything else to him. grateful. Be thankful. Bless God every chance you get. Amen. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. God, we thank you. So we are so grateful, Lord. Forgive us for the times when we have complained, God. 
and all of us, Lord, in one way or the other, whether directly or indirectly, Father God, or even in subtle ways, we have complained in our spirit. Forgive us, Lord, because we know that you're working in our lives. We understand that, Lord. And God, we're going to be better. We're going to be good witnesses. We're going to be grateful and be thankful. God, God, wherever we're going through, whatever you're doing in our life, we're thankful. Lord, our church is not the best and we don't have everything, but God, we're grateful for what we have. We're grateful for what you're doing in us. And we're grateful for the lives that we've been able to touch. God, we're grateful for the house we live in, Lord God. It may not be what we really want, but God, we thank you for it. We thank you for the car. Yeah, Lord, it does break down sometimes. And yeah, Lord, I keep having problems, but I thank you, Lord God, that I'm still able to move there and about. I thank you for that. Because I know many people, Lord, don't have that. Father, I, we thank you for our health this morning. Some of us got other issues and physical problems. But Lord, we, we're thankful this morning because, Lord, you clothe us in our right minds. But God, we had a mind to get up and worship and to praise you. We still can do things, Lord, and give you glory. Even if we don't feel good, Lord, we want to thank you. We want to thank you, Father God, for every trial, for every difficulty. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for your loving kindness and your tender mercies. And we thank you, Lord God, for not consuming us in the camp. For those times, Lord, when we've said things that we shouldn't have said. Forgive us. And God, we cover it in a very fresh way to be exceedingly grateful and thankful. And God, when we're not that way, will you please convict us? Convict us and let us know where we have fallen short. And God, the greatest thanks that we give you, because Father, at times we get used to things and we forget. But we want to thank you for Jesus. We want to thank you for the blood of Jesus because that is why we are standing today. Everything else really doesn't matter. Jesus really is the center. And we thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood that washes our sins away. Thank you for eternal life. We give you praise. We give you glory. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.